Good morning again. This is Apostle Shirley Evans continuing. And even though that call that came through was an urgent call, we have to understand even when Jesus was going to the cross, it was heavy and someone came and helped him. But he had to remain focused. So I'm still remaining focused and speaking what he's told me to speak. And I was talking about um, how pouring out your glory, and I was talking about how how Minister um, Darlene Adderley poured it out, and how she was just blessing and taking care of people when it, it was difficult, even in a difficult time of, of an illness, you couldn't realize there was pain because she was just pouring out in her pain. And I was saying how how they were every month she would come here and she'd open up a back trunk and everything that I needed, she would have in it. She would go buy for herself and she would come and, and bring it here. And then she would bring her daughter, which I call my, my spiritual granddaughter. She would bring her daughter and, I, and and because I'm not gonna shut up, I'm gonna speak what the Holy Spirit said. And, and her spiritual daughter's a shaki, a shaki, a shaki. Adelie now, she's a shaki McPhee. I'm gonna say it like God said, I'm not gonna shut up, I'm gonna say what he says. And here it is, this, this young lady has that same spirit of loving and giving and caring as young as she is because because her mother poured it in her, and now she's pouring it out. And I remember when the mother pulled up here, Ashaki would be right alongside her mother with a smile across her face. And here it is, her mother has gone, but her glory, her mother glory is still pouring out through her children. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and Ashaki would call me and say, Grammy, what you need now, Grammy? Don't tell me you ain't need this. Grammy, you all right? And she would always, sh the caring, the caring, the caring. So we, even though we go to glory, our glory is still being poured out on this earth. I got that revelation yesterday. So yesterday when the Holy Spirit showed showed that to me, at the at the end of at the end of 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 of, of her mother's life. I mean, weeks before, weeks before God took her. There she was trying, still ministering to those children, those those children that, that nobody wanted to minister to. But that love in her was still pouring out. She emptied herself, but she emptied herself into some people. She emptied herself into her children. And now here her children are pouring out the love and the care. And so yesterday it got to me when he gave me the revelation because um, she, uh, 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 Shaki had called me, Grammy, and then she said, Grammy, I gave somebody your number. Grammy, they're going to call you. Grammy, it's okay, Grammy. I said, yes. And the thing about it, and let me say this, I needed some orange juice for about three months now, and nobody could find it on the shelf. And so she found it, and then she gave the person, she said, Grammy, I'm going to give them your number and, and let them come to you. And while, I, as soon as the person had come and I had gotten my juice that, I, that my body needed, the phone rang and her brother, which is another scene now, called Grammy. This Isaiah, I said, hi, Isaiah. He said, Grammy, I'm at Subway. I'm going to get your sandwich. 
what kind of sandwich you want? And I said, Lord Jesus, I Lord, you love me. Because I, I was about to go to the, 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 the stove to try and fix something. I was ministering all morning and there it was, God, put it in him. I, and I told him, and up he came in with what I needed. But in my mind, I wish I had something sweet. When he put it, when he put it in, in the basket for me, he said, oh, by the way, grab me some cookies in there. I said, Lord Jesus, you really love me. So I'm saying, let us pour out to people. We can go die empty because we've poured out. But those seeds, those glory that we've poured out in other people, they still live on. So here, here, this is the glory from her now living on, pouring out their glory to other people. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So guess what? I just love the Lord for what he's doing. So, so even some of our children might not yet be pouring out the glory. Certainly they will. They will. As a matter of fact, some of them, even the unsaved us are, are pouring out, pouring out because it's in them to pour out. So we just bless God. Now I'm going to continue. I'm not going to draw back. I'm going to do what God has called me. One of these days I'm going to be in studio where there will be no phone ringing. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. But whatever is needful, you have to do what God has called you to do. No one can fulfill, fully fulfill God's purpose for them without his presence. The Israelites couldn't and neither can we. Without the energizing power of God, we cannot maximize our full potential or bring out the ultimate glory hidden within us. In order to expose God's glory in us, we must pursue his manifest presence around us. God's presence paves the way for his glory. We cannot see God's glory without his presence. The presence of God is when God allows us to, to present us with his presence he pre he he pres he pours his presence on us we are in it god allows us with his presence before he shows up and fully manifests himself we get a sense of God before he reveals his full glory. That is why it is important to praise God whenever we come together. That's why I praise God so much. Praise attracts God's presence. Can I say it again? Praise attracts God's presence. One song won't do. One praise won't do. Praise attracts his presence. We praise God so that we can glorify him. God's presence is a prerequisite for relationship with him. Abel, the second son of Adam and Eve, was the first to understand the importance of God's presence. He offered an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord because he was hungry for God's presence. And his brother Cain killed him because of it. 
the presence of God is critical for seeing his glory. Can I say that again? He offered an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord because he was hungry for God's presence. And his brother Cain killed him. Jealousy because of it. The presence of God is critical for seeing his glory. Today we face the same choice that Cain, Abel, and the Israelites faced. As long as the Israelites were faithful to God, obeyed him, and were hungry for his continuing presence with them, they experienced peace, victory, and prosperity, and fulfilled God's purpose for them as a nation. Their glory shone forth as they followed the destiny God had set for them. When they disobeyed and turned away from God, they faced his judgment. God withdrew his presence and his glory departed with it. I don't want the glory to depart from me. I don't want it to depart from me. We need to ask ourselves which condition we want to characterize our lives. Do you want to characterize it as kabod? or Ichabod. Kabod, which means glory. Ichabod, which means no glory. As I said, here comes that, my spiritual daughter poured out her glory. Okay? It's still pouring out in a seed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to call this other person's name because she's going to, she will be so mad. But then, nevertheless, the other day I was in here. It, the days go by so fast. I think it was this week. Yes, it was this week. And there's some things I needed. I needed, I'm in full-time ministry. And because of my age, I don't go out, but people can come and I can send them for what I needed. And I needed some stuff. I needed it. I, I needed it. And the phone rang. And lo and behold, I was on the phone. And the phone beep it was difficult for me here because sometimes the phone doesn't work properly with BTC. And, 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 um, she said, I'm at the gate. I, I, and there she was at the gate. It was just about to rain, but she was at the gate. <clears throat> I go to the gate and there is, she's handing me money. It had to have been God who placed in her spirit. And she had to be obedient to the spirit of God to hear him. Sensitive his voice because she wouldn't know I, what I needed. And there she was passed me the money oh blessed be the name of the lord i said god ever ever bless you and see guess what what he says what he calls for he will provide so when he really 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 call you continue to do his work he will take good care of you he said no good thing with i withhold from them that walk uprightly so he's going to make sure this light don't go off. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. He's going to make sure there's running water. As long as I continue doing what he's called me to do, God will take care of me through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. Blessed Jesus. God will take care of you. 
And the thing about it is that you don't have to go there begging. No. He's going to provide for you. He's a provider. I want to stay in the glory. I don't want him to remove it from me. Many of us today live in a state of Ichabod, seeing no evidence of God's glory and sensing little of his presence. This may be due to our disobedience or to the presence of unconfessed sin in our lives. I told somebody the other day, sometimes people need to look down to the root. Stop. Yesterday, uh, what, what the, I was going up the step. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, stop, think, look into your heart and hear what it's saying. Some people need to look and reflect to see why they're in the state they are in. Step aside and find out. This may be because of our disobedience or to the presence of unconfessed sin in our lives. It may be due to spiritual laziness and lack of discipline. We simply can't be bothered with the deeper things of the spirit. It may be that we simply are not hungry for God. The word of God said, blessed are they that are hungered after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you're hungry and thirsty for something, you'll be filled. But if you take the horse in the water, and they ain't hungry, they ain't thirsty, they're not drinking. But you're trying to make the horse drink. No, you got to have a hunger, a hunger for it. It may be to spiritual laziness and lack of discipline. We simply can't be bothered with the deeper things of the spirit. It may be that we simply are not hungry for God. We've decided that things are okay the way they are and have convinced ourselves that we are content with the status quo. Whatever the reason, our situation won't change until we decide to do something about it. God wants more for us than a mundane spiritual life. Get from the sand. There's deeper depths. Go further, deeper. He wants to reveal his glory in us and help us reach our full potential. But he will not force it on us. As I said, he can't force that, 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 that horse to drink. God responds to us in proportion to the hunger of our hearts. As long as we are satisfied the way we are, God will allow us to stay that way. If you satisfy sitting right there, sitting right there, not even picking up your Bible to read, not even praising him, not even praying. He said, okay, that's what you want. God will allow us to stay that way. He may nudge us or prod us to try to awaken in us a greater desire for him. But the final decision is ours because he gave us choices. <clears throat> That's why exposing God's glory in us is hard work. It's not enough simply to say, I glorify God. They're just, they're just words. 
We must demonstrate our lives in our daily work the evidence of God's grace and mercy abounding toward us and reaching out to others. Our lives must be seasoned with grace, humility, love, and discipline. However, these characteristics will not come automatically. We must cultivate them patiently, carefully and prayerfully and prayerfully in the Holy Spirit. We cannot glorify God without his presence. And we will not experience his presence unless we are hungry for him. If we want the glory of God to come out in our lives, we must pursue his presence. When God's presence comes, he will reveal his glory. It is important very important to understand the difference between the presence of God and the glory of God. Contrary to the impression of many Christians, God's presence and God's glory are not necessarily one and the same. They're not the same. The presence of God is the active manifestation of God that fills the environment in which creation exists and lives while glory is the open display of his attributes and character. I keep saying the whole earth is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. It is often easy to confuse the two. God's presence is all pervasive but invisible. His glory, on the other hand, is tangible and observable Although at, although at times it may, be, it may be hidden, it is never invisible. When we talk about the presence of God, we also need to distinguish between his omnipresence and his manifest presence. God's omnipresence simply means that he is everywhere, everywhere. The Bible reveals this about God, even though it never plainly states it. For example, remember David, the shepherd boy. He wrote in the Psalms, in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12. I will find that. Psalms, Psalms 139. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. Psalms 139, verse 7 to 12 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I shall say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God's presence is everywhere 
in this context of his creation. This is different from both animism, with animism which attributes conscious life to all elements in nature. Both animate and in and inanimate. And pantheonism, which equates God with the forces and laws of the universe. Animists believe that God inhabits all things, while pantheists believe that God is all things. This is not what the Bible teaches. That's error. The creature is not the creator. The omnipresent God of the Bible created nature and all its elements. He created the forces and laws which govern the universe. God is above and separate from his creation, yet he surrounds it and infuses it with his life. As David says, we cannot flee from God's presence or we cannot go away from his spirit because God is omnipresent because he is God and because no matter how great the created universe appears to our finite minds, he is greater still, infinitely greater. The manifest presence of God is when God takes the initiative to make himself known to us in a specific and focused way that goes beyond his general omnipresence. Although not exact, one way to understand this is to say that we know God's omnipresence by faith and his manifest presence by experience. God's omnipresence is evident in creation to any who are willing to believe by faith. But none of us can experience God's manifest presence unless he chooses to reveal himself. Remember Moses? Moses spent 40 years taking care of the sheep in the deserts of Midian. Surrounded, he was surrounded by the omnipresence of God, but yet he knew nothing of the manifest presence of God until the day God, God spoke to him from the burning, burning bush. In the face of this intense and focused encounter with the Holy God, Moses took off his shoes and fell on his face in fear and reverence. As a result, Moses came to know God in a deeply personal way. When I had had several encounters with God, but one of those encountered, when I came out of it, I didn't move from where I was for hours. I didn't open my mouth to say nothing because I couldn't. All I could tell you was the awe of God, the awe of God. God does not hide from us. He has promised in his word that all who seek him will find him. Once again, he goes back to the issue of the hunger of our hearts. You have to be hungry for him. God initiates, but he never coerces. Never. It's never going to force us. God will not enter where he is not invited. 
many times people say, oh, you could go, can go to the wedding. I said, no one sends me an invitation. If I'm not invited, I'm not going because I will be out of order. No. God will not enter where he's not invited. But he will freely reveal himself to those who open their hearts to him. There's a song. Someone's knocking at the door. Someone's ringing the bell. Open the door and let him in. in. Let him come in to your heart. Well, if you don't open the door, he's going to go away. But he's knocking. The glory of God is the open manifestation of his attributes and his nature. The exposure of his character and his power. God's glory is when he literally lets us see him at work. Well, I, I sure saw him. I see him and we see him every day at work. But sometimes we don't recognize as him. I sure recognized it was him yesterday. Immediately after I sent the message. And when the, when, the, when the young man pulled up here, the Holy Spirit said, push the trolley out there and let him put the juices inside the trolley. But it was more than just the juices. It was God wanted to win that soul. So when he, when he put, when, when I put the envelope with the money inside the trolley, I waited and he pulled up. And I waited afar off and I said, young man, the money is right in, in, inside that trolley. You can put the stuff in there. When he put the case of juice in there and took the money, I said, young man, I want to introduce you, introduce you to my friend, my friend, Jesus. And I ministered to that young man, man in love. There are people everywhere. And we need to, we need to introduce them to our friend. We need to introduce them to Jesus. So it was more than the juice. It was, it was about him having to come here. But the truth be told, a shaki was going to bring it. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, no, call the man and let the man bring it. So that was a mission. The man had to come here, right? To be, to to be infused with, with the glory, to let him hey, hey, this is the glory, Jesus. He saves, he loves, he cares, he wants you, he's calling you. And man, we have the opportunity every day to let our light shine. The glory of God, I said, is the open manifestation of his attributes and his nature, the exposure of his character and his power. God's glory is when he literally lets us see him at work. I saw him at work yesterday. A good example of the relationship between God's presence and his glory is the experience of the nation of Israel. When Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, God revealed himself to them in progressively specific ways. The Israelites experienced God's presence when he answered their cries and prayers for deliverance. They experienced his manifest presence when he revealed himself in a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. They experienced God's glory when he parted the Red Sea. 
Another way to describe his relationship is to say that when we experience God's omnipresence, we know his existence. When we experience God's manifest presence, we know his holiness. And when we experience God's glory, we know his power. What can we do to make sure that the word Ichabod, which means no glory, is not written across the pages of our lives? You remember I told you how, how, how I had an encounter where, where the word Matthew was written across my chest? We don't want Ichabod to be written across our chest. What we could do to make sure it's not written across our lives? How can we see the glory of God released in us? Well, I'm going to give you some pointers. The glory of God needs the presence of God in order to be manifested. The glory of God needs the presence of God in order to be manifested. Just as a seed needs a soil to bring forth the tree that's trapped inside, so we need the presence of God to bring forth the person, our true self, that he created us to become. No matter how high our goals or how lofty our dreams, they will never come to pass until we create the right atmosphere in the presence of God. The presence of God is the conducive, the presence of God is conducive to the glory of God. In other words, the presence is the conduit which the glory comes. Now, if I unplug the telephone cord, the part that goes, the amplifier which goes into to get the power from the electricity, the phone wouldn't ring. It wouldn't. So just as electricity needs a conductive substance in order for current to flow through a circuit, so God's glory needs a conductor in order to flow into and out of our lives. That conductor is the presence of God. God's presence provides the conducive or proper environment for us to bring forth the glory that's trapped inside of us. Now, when the main power is off to this house, I could turn on the switches as much as I want. There's no light. But when that main power is on, you can turn it on, the glory, the lights. Man was created to live and function in the presence of God. Outside God's presence, we malfunction. If we are outside of God's presence, we cannot bring forth the glory that's on the inside. When God created us in his image, with his likeness and possessed, of his spiritual characters. Let me say that again. When God created us in his image, with his likeness and possessed 
of his spiritual characteristics. He created us to function like him. Sin took us out of God's covering presence. Sin did that and made us unholy. God knows that we cannot function properly without his presence. And he will do whatever is necessary to restore us. That's why Jesus came to cleanse us from sin with his blood. Change our unholiness to holiness. Our unrighteousness to righteousness. And bring us back into the conducive environment of God's presence. So the glory in us can come out. Praise is the ideal environment for man and creation. If the presence of God is the necessary and conducive environment for the glory to come out, and if we were created to function in God's presence, then praise is the ideal environment for us. Why? Because praise attracts the presence. Can I say that again? Praise attracts the presence. Now, there will be time when I'm at the gate, not since we shut down, but I'd be at that gate or in my yard, in front of the yard, in the back of the yard, wherever, praising God, praising God. I'd be in the front of the yard just praising the loud praises, not from a, ba a box of music, but from the box of music inside of me. And cars will be passing my yard and they will slow down because I'm out there praising. They sometimes they will slow down. Next thing I know, they're joining me in the praises. Hmm. Praise, praise. Let me tell you, we need to praise Him. Praise is the ideal environment for man and creation. If the presence of God is a necessary and conducive environment for the glory to come out, and if we were created to function in God's presence, then praise is the ideal environment for us. Why? Because praise attracts the presence. We don't praise God to glorify him, but to get his presence in our midst. Praise is something we can do anytime, anywhere. In the car, on the bus, in the bathroom, at work, while we're cooking, we can praise him. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He has given each of us our own private praise ministry. I got my private praise ministry. I'm in here and I'm in here and maybe there's a lizard and whatever in here with me. But I know the praise, the, 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 the presence of the Lord is here. The angels of the Lord is here. And I feel like I'm about, uh, among millions of people and I am praising. I don't have a li I don't need a license to have my praise ministry. I'm praising it. I'm, it's coming on from the inside of me. God wants us to praise him continually because he wants us in his presence continually. Praise makes it possible. Praise attracts the presence of God. It maintains the presence of God and is and it is a prerequisite for the presence of God. When we praise God with our lips and our hearts, he shows his approval and acceptance by manifesting his presence in our midst. That is when worship, true worship, takes place.
Someone asked me the other day, maybe two months ago, to tell them how do you worship? Well, I'm sure they're listening to this. He shows his approval and acceptance by manifesting his presence in our midst. That is when worship, true worship takes place. The presence of God reveals the glory of God. When all these things are in place, when all the keys are in order, God will manifest his presence and release his glory. This is not a formula by which we can force God to dance to our tune. No, God is sovereign. He cannot be manipulated. The critical factor is the attitude of our spirit. God responds eagerly and willingly. He responds eagerly and willingly to our hunger. The heart cries and the praise of people who approach him in humility, repentance and love. You have to approach him in humility, in repentance and love the glory of god comes out only in the presence of god and the presence of god arrives only in the midst of our praise i need to say that again the glory of god comes out only in the presence of god and the presence of god arrives only in the midst of our praise psalm 22 Verse 3 says, I'll find that, find that. Psalms 22, blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 22, going too fast. Psalm 22, verse 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God's presence allows us to function and bring forth his glory. Only, we true, only when we truly understand that we need God's presence in order to become all we were born to be, then his presence will become more important to us than anything else in the world, and we will do whatever is necessary to get it. What then are the characteristics of a kabod or a glory lifestyle? One that is filled with spilling over with the glory of God. Running over, running over. My cup is filled and running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup is filled and running over. Of course, that's one of our school songs when we're growing up. Running over, running over. My cup is filled and running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup is filled and running over. Is your cup filled? Is it filled to running over? My cup is filled and running over. Psalm 8 verse 5 says, 
For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. A little lower than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor. We are made in the image and likeness of him. He is the cup, or he is the picture. He is the picture. We are the glasses. You know, the big picture with the water, a big picture with the lemonade. He is the picture. We are the glasses. God pours out some of himself into us. And he wants to keep pouring until we overflow. My cup is filled and running over. He wants to bring out his glory in us in order to bless others. Remember when I was telling you about my spiritual daughter? She poured out. She blessed so many people around this Bahamas and wherever she went in the world. He wants us to bring out our glory. She always was encouraging people with the word of God. He wants to bring us. He wants to fill us. He wants us to bring out our glory. To let our light shine before men. That they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. No matter how sick she was. Every Saturday she was going to her church. Making sure everything was ready on that altar. And she served on that altar with distinction. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. She would always be giving someone an encouraging word from the Bible. Love. Oh, blessed be the name. Her light was shining. And now her light is shining through her children. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And yes, I've got to call his name because I hear the Holy Spirit say, call him. Dario, as a matter of fact, I didn't realize he had another name, Marshall. Marshall has an anointing, a priestly anointing upon his life. Sweet spirit. And I'm not going to stop praying for him until he walk in his call in the name of Jesus. They are seeds from her. Oh, blessed be the name of the of the Lord Jesus. Oh, blessed Jesus. He wants us to bring out our glory. To let our light shine before men. That they may see our good deeds. And praise our Father in heaven. That's what Matthew 5, 16 says. God's purpose and desire is that all people everywhere have the opportunity to taste his living water. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. How does one taste good? How does, if you, if you drank this lemonade, it tastes good. But you have to taste it. How does one taste God? By talking to someone 
who has him on display. That's when you taste God. You're tasting him today. Because I'm tasting him. And I'm pouring out to you. We had to talk to someone who has him on display. By meeting someone who expresses his life, the glory, the attributes, and the character of God. I want to say that again. How does he taste God? How do, do we taste God? By talking to someone who has him on display, the individual who are displaying God. By meeting someone who expresses in his life the glory, the attributes, and the character of God. That's how you get to know what God is like. That's how. Too often when people try to drink, they can't taste God. I, you know, you, you're in a setting and they're talking and you're trying to drink and taste what they're talking about, but there's no taste. It's tasteless. There's no glory. There's no presence. Too often when people try to drink, they can't taste God because the water in our glass is polluted by our fleshly living and carnal minds. I need to say that again. Lord Jesus, I don't want my water to be polluted. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Too often when people try to drink, they can't taste God because the water in our glass is polluted by our fleshly living and carnal minds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the scripture you just showed me just now. John chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. The water, the water, the water has to be pure. John chapter 4. It's about the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman. I'm going to read it. When therefore the Lord, the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again from into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy bread, to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and would, he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. 
but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said unto, unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he, who, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman said unto him, So I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. So, here is a woman who was drinking of that well, Jacob's well. I call that well polluted. Too often, when people try to drink they can't taste god because the water in our glass is polluted by our fleshly living and carnal minds that's why it is so important for us to be godly people we are to be holy because god is holy as the picture is so the glass should be there's a scripture that says like priests like people if the priest is corrupt, then the people is corrupt. If the water is pure from the picture, then, and it, it's poured in a glass, then you're drinking pure water. But if it's polluted in the picture, and it pours into the glass, then you're drinking the polluted water. That's why it is so important for us to be godly people. We are to be holy because God is holy. As the picture is, so the glass should be. A person who is living the glory life or the kabod life lives to share the water of God with other thirsty people. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the Bible said, those who are thirsty for the presence of God. You know what will happen? Which is blessed and pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They the ones with the pure heart, they shall see God. That's it. They shall see God, the one with the pure heart.
And so, a person who is living the glory life lives to share the word of God with other thirsty people. Taste and see that the Lord is good means God is the picture, I am the glass. If you want to taste him, come, drink some of my life. Can I say that again? If you want to taste him, I'm not bragging, I'm telling you. If you want to taste him, come, drink some of my life. The best way for people to know God is to meet us. That's it. The best way for people to know God is to meet us. Some people say, oh my gosh, I don't know how you're still going, going for God. I remember one man said, um, 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 Sister Shirley, you, you, you just like John the Baptist crying in the wilderness. Every time I see you, you're still pouring out crying in the wilderness. But the thing is, he had to break me over and over and break and break and break and make me and break and break until he molded and made it fit. He made the vessel, but he had to break it and break it and break it and break it until he made it perfected for his use. Glory to God. So that he can now pour into this picture that I can pour into the glasses all over the world. So the best way for people to know God is to meet us. When we pour out our lives to others in Jesus' name, they will drink of us, but will taste him. Oh, taste and see, taste him. They will taste him in us. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. When we pour out our lives to others in Jesus' name, they will drink of us, but will taste him. The purpose of your life is to fill the earth with the glory of your life. The purpose of your life is to fill the earth with the glory of your life. And my spiritual daughter, who's gone home to her glory, oh, blessed be the name of Minister Darlene Adderley, a woman of God, a righteous woman of God, imparted into the glasses all over this all over this nation, and in particular, her children, who are the glasses, she poured out into them and they are now tasting him, God. So the purpose of your life, my life, is to fill the earth with the glory of our life. I bless the Lord. If you want to see the glory of the Lord, lift up your hands and praise the Lord. If you want to see the glory of the Lord, lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Praise Him in the morning, praise Him in the evening, praise Him when the sun goes down, 
Praise Him in the morning. Lift up your hands and praise the Lord. So let us continue to bless the Lord at all times. Let His praises continually be in our mouth. Our soul shall make a boast. Let our soul make a boast in the Lord. Not in people, in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is Apostle Shirley Evans again continually praising the Lord and saying, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that put his trust in him. And I pray that God's grace and his mercy and his love and his peace that passes all understanding will continually guard your hearts and mind. And I pray that you will continue to pour out the love and hold on to your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength and stay in his presence. God bless you. Have a blessed day. And I love you.